welcome to Forever Young Adult Podcast, a podcast where I, Aoife, and I, Kira, tell you all about young adult fiction. And it is July and Aoife did a manga, so I went and found a not quite graphic novel, but not quite a regular novel either. It's a very stylized, artistic, illustrated young adult book by a graphic artist and general mixed medium artist from Australia called Asphyxia and I'm a little bit obsessed with her now um so book is Future Girl by Asphyxia and I'll tell you a bit about Asphyxia in a second but the concept of this book is that it is a girl writing in her art journal so every page has art on it in some way because she is like journaling all of her art throughout it so some some pages have like big graphic pieces of like like portraits and some places some pages have like cityscapes or like little doodles of like what's happening in her life as she's going along but every single page has something on it um like even if it's just like a border that I've never felt cooler in my life than I did when I was a person who had an art journal There's just something about being 16 and having a scrapbook of all your art where you can see how your style is evolving and also like being a little bit self-conscious about how it looks cool as hell to be a girl with a sketchbook. It's, It's fun. So Asphyxia, the author and artist, is... I would say she's a mixed... I'm not entirely sure how she would describe herself, but I would say that she's a mixed medium visual artist. Mm-hmm. most likely and one of her earlier projects was she used to be in the circus you'll be delighted to of course know. of course um, of course yeah and then she did she's toured australia with a puppet show called uh the grimstones mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like a family and she toured with those and then she was asked to do, she has um a book series about the grimstones as well for children and then this is her first young adult work. Um, and she also does a lot of activism within Australia to do predominantly with deafness because she is also herself a deaf person. And like our main character, our main character in this book, Piper, is a deaf person who has been raised orally. And mm-hmm. this is also true of Asphyxia, uh, which is a nickname that she was given by one of her brothers. She has, she's one of eight children. A lot of questions. A lot of questions for you, yeah. my friend. You see, I can't answer any of these questions. What kind of situation... No, Australians have cool names in general. But what kind of thing would cause you to call your older sibling asphyxia? Because that word sounds like asphyxiation. Yeah. You know, strangling people. I <laughs> I can only assume because she is the oldest that her birth name sounds something like it and maybe it was like a mispronunciation situation, like a lisp or something. I have no idea. But it's damn cool. Like if you want a cool street art graphic. As long as it name, isn't like an anti deaf slur or something. As far as I'm aware it's not. It's never one that I've heard anyway. Okay, that's the only way it could be not cool. Asphyxia sounds super cool. Tell us about the story. So the book is called Future Girl. And it is set in the near future. It's a near future book in Australia, mm-hmm. at Melbourne. And it follows our girl Piper, who is deaf. And she is being raised orally, which means that she has hearing aids she does not sign she lip reads and kind of struggles a bit her mom wants her to be as quote-unquote normal as possible so that like people don't know that she's deaf so that like Mm -hmm. she's not held back by her disability um and her mom is really really stuck up on this one like really has a hard time with this like that her daughter has a disability and that in some ways it may shape the way that her life goes. Her mom just is like really struggling. That's it. it. Mm. Um, And 
that's a thing a lot of, I think, young people with disabilities can find relatable is your parents are like, but you're, that's not what I wanted for my child. And you're like, well, I'm here. <laughs> like, what? Cool. Um, Thanks for making your processing of this my problem. And, like, one of the ways in which, like, her mom is really stressed about this is that, like, she really wants Piper to have, like, the best education, the best... Like, she really wants what is best for her daughter, but the way that she is looking at what is best for her child is not necessarily what is actually best for her child. Because she's like the best thing is for her mm-hmm. to have a good education to be able to speak clearly for people to not know that she is deaf until afterwards for her to appear well educated like her her speaking clearly is 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 really a class thing and like so that she doesn't mumble so that her mm-hmm. mom is constantly throughout the book correcting her pronunciation of certain words and piper can't mm-hmm. really hear the difference between the words like that's that is a mm-hmm. pro- problem that she has, even with her hearing aids in. And a thing that I enjoyed about this book was because it is set in the near future. There was a little bit of like the ability to just kind of like hand wave some technology. So they were like, we mm-hmm. just uh, Piper has hearing aids that she can take on and off and that work. It appears slightly better than hearing aids that we have at the moment but don't necessarily that aren't like good they're still not the like great yeah. because hearing aids as a whole are not as good as actual ears and um, it's just true they yeah. basically just amplify the noise around you and then send it directly to your brain because piper is piper was not born deaf she lost her hearing around four years old and so there's like nerve damage within her ear. So the that is why they also have like a similar technology to cochlear implants within the book. Um, and they wouldn't work for her because of the nerve damage, because what they do is they work through the nerves. So if she had been born deaf, that's probably something that her mom would have looked into and instigated. Processed. Oh, okay, cool. I thought you were going to say if she'd been born deaf, her mother would have processed the fact that her kid had a disability. But, uh, you know, not, not necessarily. necessarily. <laughs> um, so, sorry for being instantly kind of harsh on this. I just, mm, uh, I know it's an ongoing issue in like people with ha- who have disabilities. Uh, their parents are like, but, but if I try really hard and believe in myself, my child will be able-bodied. Yeah. And it's like... So that's kind of like where Piper starts off. She is in a mainstream Mm -hmm. school. She has a friend called Kelsey and she really struggles with any other social interaction because even with her hearing aids, she is missing about 50% of every conversation. She lip reads really well, but she's still struggling. Mm -hmm. Lip reading is a massively difficult skill. I just want to throw it out there. Some people Mm -hmm. who are deaf cannot lip read. Some people who are like have audio processing issues really good lip readers like it's it's a sliding scale and it doesn't really it's like it's um the it takes a huge amount of mental effort you're not hearing the thing i think some people think if you lip read well enough it's like you can hear what the person's saying but no there's a huge amount of guesswork involved and you just get better and better at guessing Um, and like if someone's talking at full speed, it's like full speed, you're looking at them trying to figure out, okay, was that an M or a B? So was it this word or this word? And they're still talking and you need to figure that out while continuing to pay attention to the rest of the sentence. Because if you figure out if they meant like bag or mag, and then you only... Once you figure out, okay, it's probably bag because bag is the more common word. You've missed three words and you don't know what's in the bag, yeah. you know? So um, she is, It's a hard skill. It, and she is like quite good at it. But like, she's also experiencing like, like a lot of tension headaches. She's getting like a lot of fatigue from it. And she doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily recognize that it's a one-to-one correlation with like struggling to lip read and struggling to be oral that is giving her this at the start. Um, but... Uh, things go bad 
like things aren't like super great for mm-hmm. for Piper just like personally, but things go bad in, on a global on a I actually don't know what the rest of the world is doing, but definitely on a national level, things get bad in Australia because there is an oil crisis that occurs which do you want to know a fun thing i found out about australia to this week oh sure go it's relevant they still mine coal in australia yep australia is still mining coal like that's where they are with the climate crisis (laughs) There's like, don't get me wrong, coal is a really useful resource because the problem with a lot of like sustainable ways to generate electricity is once you generate electricity, you can't store it very well. Mm-hmm. So it's like you will be, you know, constantly channeling this river to build electricity, but like sometimes the world will need way more electricity than that. Like someone turns the factories on in the morning and then you need more electricity and you know everyone makes a cup of tea at once at the break of Coronation Street and that's an issue and like coal is really handy because you can just put more coal on the fire and make more electricity and before that point you can just store the coal in a big pile uh but it seems so archaic to be mining coal so um that blew my mind I did not know that about anyway, Australia, oil crisis. but they do have an oil crisis within mm. the book, and this has a lot of knock-on effects. One being that future hand waving, a new type of food has been invented by Piper's mother, mm-hmm. and basically, okay. it is some. It is a type of soy, and even Piper is like. I don't really understand how it works. I just eat it. And I'm like, you know what? You're 16. I don't know how anything works either. I just use them. That's your mom's boring job. You don't (laughs) care. (laughs) So it's kind of like a soy food replacement thing. And they put chemical nutrients on it. And it goes through a whole load of processes so that it, like, instead of just being a gelatinous lump, it looks and tastes and has, like, the texture of foods that we are commonly like aware of like at one point she gets a steak tartare like dinner of it and and they're all ready meals they come as ready meals and they're all supposed to be like perfectly Mm -hmm. balanced for you and have like your life stage and your calorie your calorie and like needs met yes exactly um, so they're all perfectly nutritious. For so you. you've got like a Fitbit or something that tells you what meal to eat? Kind of. Like they don't really, I don't think it's that like instant. But I think you order it like a week at a time and you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to be hiking on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I need something high dense on Saturday or that kind of thing. Um, and they come as ready meals. Piper's mom works for this company, invented it. Um, a lot of the chemicals that they use in it has resulted in like them curing cancer um and they've cured obesity by doing this mm-hmm. and all of these yeah things. sure cool um and so piper's mom is like really pro this product obviously and as a result but it's made of people it's not made of people it's not made of people it is gen- just saying it could well be made of people. It is genuinely made of soy. I think if it was made of people, that would be better than soy. It's not. Okay, no, I don't want, I'm not pro-genocide. I'm really anti-intensive soy farming. I, I'm trying to remember if it is soy or if it was like a different type of bean, but I think it's some sort of soybean. Anyway. like It probably like, is because that's a lot of people's vision of yeah. how to fix. So this has stuff. been like, this invention has been changing Australian society for like a good couple of years like not quite 10 but we're, we're getting there and like 60% of the population can yes. I ask how far in the near future is this do we get a year no we don't get a year it's very unclear it's just hand wavy near future so look at these technological changes that we have um and look at these other things and I'm like this is really so- cool and I like it I would say within 50 years I was going to say, it sounds like, like minimum 20, 30 years, maximum 100 yeah, years. Yeah, I think so. if it's more than 100 years. Uh, can I guess it. the end of the book or would that ruin Go for it? it. So the, it's, it's about two different approaches to climate solutions, right? So 
Piper's mom and like that school of thought is all, well, we're just going to continue to like intensively farm things and get more and more synthetic and uh, use human technology stuff to fix all of our problems, including like fix our deaf child. And then our main character uh, discovers gardening and a more natural way to produce food. And she also at the same time discovers a more natural way to be herself by being an actual deaf person who doesn't have to try conform to an oralist society and just gets to be deaf. Yeah, that's the book. Cool. I'm so good at plots and planet um, science. Okay, so it's, okay, her mom, her mom is less about the climate stuff and is more just like, I am a scientist and I'm, and I, I, I cured all these things. Like I fixed all these problems. And if people would just listen to me, I could fix more problems. Uh, but uh-huh. the problem that is like here. Okay, she's got real cool potential mad scientist yeah. vibes. Love um, that. But like the problem in front of her is that there is no food. So because of the oil crisis, so 60%, something like 60% of people in in Australia are now eating the food that, that her company creates. Okay. And also there's this massive like mm-hmm. anti-capitalism, anti, anti-corporation string going through this book because mm-hmm. the company that Piper's mom works for that creates the food also like has been bribing city officials, has had massive impacts on um, po- government policy. A thing that they've done is they have like caused government policy to move from in terms of like housing people. They've They've been like, well, our food only needs a microwave. So you can build much cheaper, uh. much cheaper accommodation for people if you just don't give them kitchens and then they will eat our food. And like the food is then like... And they're dependent and, then, and it's a monopoly and that's So bad. there's a monopoly on this. But because of the oil shortage, they nobody can like... Making the food is super expensive, but also nobody can get the food anywhere. They can't... It's too expensive to deliver the food because it was all all uh, like an automated delivery service before this it's so it's too expensive to deliver the food it's too expensive to move the raw ingredients around the country to create the food so there's like this massive food mm-hmm. shortage as a result of the fuel prices going massively up and everyone depending on the one source and of everyone, food exactly. not a diverse range of foods exactly. and they're like the corporation oh hey remember the potato famine (laughs) there was so much food we just weren't allowed to eat it don't start me on the potato famine i'll cry and do five a lot of food we weren't allowed to eat it and they exported food it's okay it's okay we don't need to do those people import food because it would embarrass the queen yeah Rotten Hell, Victoria. We are going to have to do the Children of the Famine trilogy at some point. It's just ha- it's just happening. Um, oh, I am. We are. But love the bit where they bleed a cow. That is a good bit. Um, I love the bit where they get rabies. Um, I love the bit where they bury their dead sister. I love the bit where their mom just leaves to find the. Ha- I think you mean mad cow disease. No, they get bitten by a dog. There is no rabies in Ireland. Well, they get they get. They just get an infection, she gets an I infection guess. from a dog and a really bad fever. And the dog was like real sick. Um, mm-hmm. What other bits do I love? Oh, yeah. And they have to do the, they have to drain the pus with boiling cloths. Yeah, and nettles or something. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I love the bit where they find their ants. Because <laughs> that's the only yeah. good bit in the whole bloody book. I love the... I love the terrible trail of hardships these young people have to do because they're in a country ravaged by like famine and colonialism and violence, and then they go to a town where everyone's just kind of fine because um, <laughs> it's a port city. Love the love the generational trauma uh, that is experienced by them in the further books. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Is it generational trauma if it happened to you as a kid? I think that's just childhood trauma. Well, like the third book is narrated by the eldest sister's child. Ah, okay. That is generational then. That's not the book we're talking about right now. (laughs) So in Future Girl. um, Mm -hmm. So there's this cascading effect due to the oil prices. That means that nobody has any food. Um... Previous to this, due to 
the corporation's massive overextension of power, they have like reinvented the internet and now own it. And they also mm-hmm. have redone the school curriculums so that everyone is actually terrified of wild food, which is food that is grown uh-huh. naturally, including like Piper's mom is also terrified of wild food. And I'm like, you're a, some sort of food scientist. Like you, you invented the new food. How can you, what did you eat beforehand? Because- but yeah, it's like she's like maybe maybe it was like a an a process of people being like, oh, lab grown meat is better because it's more efficient and it's more hygienic, and people are like, yes, I love efficient and hygienic food, and then you know that kind of goes on, and people are like, well, if our lab grown meat is so hygienic, then don't you think it's kind of gross to eat vegetables you just pulled out of the ground? Wouldn't it be better if we found a way to synthesize that too? And then that just like goes on and on, and people are just like more and more like ew mud <laughs> at one point. So later in the book, um, Piper meets people who are wild farming. And by this, I mean, they have like a a garden. (laughs) They have a farm garden. And Mm -hmm. one of them, Robbie, uh, who who owns the garden, is a real grown up. And she is like, oh, do you want to eat? What what do you, I'm I'm making dinner. Do you want rabbit, chicken or fish? And... They ask mm-hmm. her if she's a vegetarian and she's like, no, I'm not a vegetarian. And she says, yeah, I'll have fish. Um, sorry, she says she'll have chicken and then realizes that they plan on killing a chicken. And she's like, fish, let's have fish because there's no wild fish because the environment has been mm-hmm. environmental change has killed all the fish. So she's like, they'll have to use synthetic fish. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that they have like a small pond with a number of fish that they are farming themselves. Yeah, hydroponics. Yeah. Um. And like in this exchange and realization, she's like, I'm not a vegetarian. I need eat meat all the time. And then she's like, but all of the meat that I eat is synthetic and or like part of this fake goo that's just been like retextured to yeah. taste and texture like meat. So like she hasn't actually eaten meat. Future corn. Future corn. She hasn't actually eaten meat. So like she has meat for the first time mm-hmm. at 16. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the book is then, the book is like the cassading event, events from this oil shortage and uh, Piper in trying to get a bike because she can no longer afford using public transport because like even just a trip on public transport has escalated costs to like $85 a, tr- a ticket. And Again, because of like all this mm-hmm. oil stuff, her mom has been let go from work because the company can't like produce its own goods, and they're trying to like get a government, mm-hmm. trying to get government subsidy waivers so that they can like provide food for everyone, but they also can't like provide the raw ingredients to themselves. It's a whole, whole thing. It's very fun, um, super mm-hmm. interesting to watch. To like this book came out in twenty twenty which means it was being written pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really interesting oh. to like watch the ways in which corporations... I bet she was kicking herself. Um, the way corporations... Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> you just... Fuck! God damn it! This seems really on the nose now. Yeah. Fuck um, it! But like the ways in which corporations were like, oh, we'll fix that problem. And then only... Like so many, so many companies and corporations were like, we'll fix the PPE problem. And then just like dumped mm-hmm. massive amounts of unusable resources on, on governments. And we're like, sort it through yourself. We've, here you go. We've dumped loads of stuff on you. And they haven't actually solved the problem yeah. at all, but they get loads of like, and then the government is in trouble, is like, is being, is, is in trouble for buying the wrong You were donated all this stuff and you didn't fix the yeah, problem. Yeah, and you're like, but that didn't, yeah. and we paid them. We didn't, they didn't donate it. We paid them. And they didn't give us the things that we paid for. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing within this book. Um, So Piper's mom mm-hmm. loses her job. So they are now in, in very bad, a very bad place financially. They have no food. Mm-hmm. Um, Piper, in an effort to get a bike, Uh, meets a boy called Marley who she does have a romantic storyline with that I'm not going to get into because that's a dog name um 
I mean, I would have said the Piper was a dog name too, but there are human beings with these names. I Australian had a dog names and Millie. dog names overmap. I had a dog called Millie. I have a cousin called Millie. Yeah, like we keep giving dogs people names and people don't appreciate us. And my aunt keeps calling, giving my cousins dog names. Yeah. Um, like her specifically. Um, so she meets Marley, who is a coda, which is a child of a deaf adult. And his parent is Robbie, who has the garden. Mm-hmm. And they are semi-environmental activists. And they are also like semi-deaf activists with a capital D. A real fun thing mm-hmm. that this book has is that as Piper becomes more comfortable with her deafness and becomes like more in ingrained, involved mm-hmm. with the deaf community, she learns more about deaf culture and she like meets more deaf people and she starts learning Aslang, which is Australian Sign Language. And I really enjoyed reading about it and seeing the descriptions of it because I speak um, a very small amount of ISL, which is Irish Sign Language. And the ISL is kind of close to American Sign Language um, and also French Sign Language, but it bears nothing like Auslang, which means that I was like, oh, that I have no idea what you're doing there. That's real cool. (laughs) Um, And Piper... Because this is an art journal, at one point she like pastes in like a drawing of all the hand movements that you do in order to say the the alphabet is in Aslang. And I was like, you use two hands? What are you doing? One hand. You do the alphabet with I one hand. ISL is one of the only ISL is one of the only sign languages where you only use one hand. It's very efficient. For the alphabet or generally? You can hold. Uh generally. No, you use both hands in ISL. You do the alphabet with one hand. Ah, okay. You use both hands. Like, but all as far as I'm aware, all sign languages have like a dominant hand and then like a secondary mm-hmm. hand. Um, and ISL definitely has that situation going on. But for the alphabet at least, you can do it with one hand. Like and you can count yeah, most makes you sense. can count a lot of the numbers with one hand as well. Um I think that must be what I was thinking of then is that it is way more one-handed than British Sign Language. Possibly. And I know that to be an issue. Um, I'm guessing, though, if if Piper is able to communicate with Marley and Robbie, like, at the start, they also speak a verbal language, English, presumably. So Marley is Coda. He is not actually deaf himself. So he is actually, he does have mm-hmm. an interesting storyline himself where he is, like, trying to find his place within the deaf community to which he is not necessarily a part of and the hearing community to which he's also not necessarily a part of. Like he's kind of like balancing that line because like a problem that he has. It's like being the straight kid of an LGBT person. A problem that he has is that like sign language and deaf culture is very direct. Um, because, Mm -hmm. Because you are communicating via your body as far as I'm aware, very few sign languages have a lot of grammar rules. Like, there's a lot of just pointing, like, at things, because it's just efficient. It's a very efficient language. There's very few grammar rules. And, and the grammar is in, like, facial expressions. Yeah, the grammar's in facial. Like, there's a whole bit where they're, like, trying to, where Marley is teaching Piper the different facial expressions that you do for ans- asking questions. So, like, if it's an open-answered, if it's an mm-hmm. open-answered question, sorry, if it's an open-answered question, then you like squint your eyes and you look very like directly at the person and then if it's a yes mm-hmm. no then you raise your eyebrows so like there's different like facial expressions for doing different things with the language and that mm-hmm. is how you communicate much more whereas um so marley has a lot of issues when when he's like and when you describe people you'll be like that person is in in isl and in sign language you're much more like this person is tall and they're fat. You know them. They've got a scar on their face. Um, yeah, whereas, it's like, you know, braces over there. Yeah. And like physical descriptions of people can become like their sign name and different names, and, like names in this way. So like Marley's sign I name. I know a fun story about that. Yeah. 
I know someone who is not a deaf person herself. She was a deaf interpreter and she still is. But, you know, a deaf interpreter can't give themselves the sign name. They have the the sign name, at least in the Irish sign community, it could be different elsewhere. You have to be a deaf person to give someone a sign name. Uh, So she wanted to get braces uh, because her teeth were crooked and she didn't want to get them while she was becoming more active as an interpreter and while she was like knowing more and more deaf people because of the risk that her name would be like braces. So her sign name's Crooked Teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That is... That is beautiful. That is within this book as well. Um, as far as I'm aware, that is like a universal. It's another. There's there's a lot of like universal truths of deaf culture that I'm aware of. Um, Which is fun because the languages are very really different. But all the languages are different because uh, every country speaks a different language. And that is a thing that people ask me. They're like, oh, you know, basic ISL? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, why do all of, why why isn't there just one sign language? And I'm like, why isn't there just one universal oral language? And they never have an answer for me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's because languages develop organically across nations and countries and people and that is how ISL and other sign languages developed as well and like Irish and French and and uh, US sign language have a lot of similarities because the people people in France taught people in the US and Ireland and like the British developed their own one Australia <laughs> developed their own one like a lot of them mix and blend in certain places but that's it that's it like even within the book um i think you you probably get that a lot more from people in the anglosphere because the thing about english being the lingua franca of the world means that like first language english speakers who are not bilingual don't understand language <laughs> at all um because they don't have to yeah. at all. and like lo- like Within within sign languages, people do have like a knowledge that other people have, that other countries have other versions of sign languages. Like within Australian sign language, it would appear via my knowledge from this book that it is not uncommon to use the American alphabet in order to give people sign names because the American alphabet is one-handed and so you can do a letter that represents someone's name with one hand and also an action at the same time. So Piper's sign... That makes sense. It's like slang. It's like slang, Like we borrow American slang. Um, So Piper's sign name when she gets it because she's an artist and she's always doing art, they do the letter P as if she's drawing. So they use the the second Mm -hmm. hand to like do pen and paper and they do P like she's drawing. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how it goes. And Robbie's sign name... I can't remember the action, but it also uses the American R for it. So, like, there is a lot mm-hmm. of loaning of words and things within the language. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about deaf Marley? culture, and I did I did sw- sing into Marley. Um, so he's doing that thing where he's like balancing the two the two things, and he's finding it hard in the hearing world because he's too direct with people, and they keep thinking that he's really great. Mm-hmm. That's a problem that he's having. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a problem where uh, hearing people keep being so in awe and inspired by the deaf people that he knows Oof. and just like not understanding things. And like he dates, he dates a hearing girl for a couple of pages and she like is really rude she's trying she's not trying she's not trying she's just rude it's like oh my god your mom is so impressive like she has a garden and she raised you and she's deaf yeah oh my god and like going on to that like oh why don't you do this thing so that you can hear like why don't you get implants like Robbie mm-hmm. doesn't want implants. Robbie is super happy being a deaf woman. She is super happy with that. Like she was also raised oral and learned sign language later and that is what she does. Like she's she gardens and she participates in the deaf community. That's what she does. Um 
And she, I think a huge number of people in the world don't know the difference between like, like people only know about lowercase death. They only know there is a disability and people don't realize actually it's one of those disabilities that's only a disability in context and deaf people have sign language and deaf people have community and a whole world where they don't need to hear and hearing isn't an advantage and in that space deafness is what gives them access to that space so deafness is like a valued thing because it makes them part of a community and the idea of trying to cure someone of deafness is like really grotesque um, to people who feel it's part of their identity. It's like trying to cure a queer person. Yeah. Um, and like Marley's girlfriend, someone someone comes up to Robbie and is like, oh, you're deaf. Why don't you get the implant? And Marley's girlfriend, instead of being like, she doesn't want one, she doesn't need one, is like, oh, I don't think she can afford it right now. Maybe in the future. And Marley like loses it because he's like, you can't talk for Robbie, which is true. And also that's not a true thing. Like yeah. even if they had the money, they wouldn't look for the implant because it's not something that they're interested in. So... Like, I presume you didn't choose to live like this. Like, oof, how patronizing. Stay in your lane, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you were saying about the capital D. Saying I don't know is such a short sentence. Yeah. Yeah. As you were saying about like capital D death versus small D death. I was going to talk about this earlier and then I got distracted by my own tangent. But due to the way that the book is like done with all of the artwork and everything um something that like it is piper's journal and as she becomes more entrenched and like involved and educated about the deaf community a thing that she does is she shows the journal to um she's showing some of her art to marley and he sees that she's written deaf with a small d and he's like oh if in that context that would be a big D death. And he explains the difference to her. And then she goes back through her journal and corrects all the small Ds that are relevant to big Ds. And this is done like from the very moment I'm So you're reading this, this and you're like, wait. <laughs> so, but the way that they've, the way that they've typeset of this, the way that they've typeset of this is that it's like, it's typed deaf small D. And then there's like, in red a capital d over the small d so when i first started reading it mm-hmm. when i first start reading it um it, it is always done that way and then i get to a part in the book where she explains that she's like and then i went back and i changed them all and from that point on they're they're mm. not changed because she writes them the correct way as she's going forward which is just such an interesting choice and such a fantastic like use of a medium that's part of the like i just really like this book yeah that's as a cool physical thing um i've been talking to the kids in my book club about it's reminding me of house of leaves a book i read last summer and probably talked about on the pod a lot um but it's it's mm-hmm. this like cult classic <laughs> horror novel and it's about like a house that's evil or whatever um but the word house is always written in blue uh and sometimes like it's a very visually interesting book because it is like the house is a maze so like the typesetting goes all over the place and yeah I love books like that like I had to shell out 30 euro to buy a copy of House of Leaves because it's out of print because like you can't have it on an e-reader like that the thing with the red crossed out d you couldn't have that on an e-reader sometimes you do need a physical book object yeah (laughs) not a purist that's what I was talking about with uh, the kids in my book club recently because I'm a really big fan of audiobooks I'm a big fan of e-readers um anything that gets the book into the kids hands and we were recommending some books that had like a lot of illustrations and um one of the kids said that he was going to buy it on his e-reader and I was like if you're gonna buy it I really I was like it's available via like the library the library e-reader but um just this kid has a separate Mm -hmm. e-reader and he buys a lot of books and I was like if you're gonna buy it I think that you should look to see if you can get the physical copy just because of the illustrations um and that is how I feel about this book I don't know if it's if it is available as as an e-published or perhaps just because like 
asphyxia would definitely be aware of the the creativity that went into us um because she did it um and like how that could be that could be lost in different mediums so maybe like the pdf downloadable book version of it is in color but a lot of e-readers are black and white Mm -hmm. and don't have that facility so i would definitely recommend Mm -hmm. the colored version like the full the full physical book version it's absolutely beautiful every page is covered in art big fan um like i just think something would be lost without that okay so piper meets marley who introduces her to his mother robbie and the two of them introduce her to sign the two of them introduce her to deaf culture and she starts learning from robbie about how to garden and there's these gorgeous illustrations and like how to guides within the book for gardening it's absolutely beautiful I was completely thrown by the fact that this book is set in Australia and therefore in the middle of July everyone was freezing (laughs) because the seasons are the opposite there and um, this happens to me every time I read a book set in Australia. I'm like, what is happening? We live on a ball. Why are you all freezing in July? It's roasting here. Um, So like her planting seasons are all different to ours. But like within this book there is like really good gardening like how to get started excellent like, advice like because they're teaching they're teaching piper and piper is like basically teaching us i think that i could start a mandela garden based on piper's this. taking really good notes and then she is drawing mm-hmm. like posters she gets involved with an activist activist group who are trying to do like free, God, I food, love free food and like wild food and like their own gardens um and they like do mass prints of some of her works and put them around the place for people oh, that's to, so cool. to grow their own Oh, gardens. can you imagine being um, the coolest teen in the world? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah, me. I draw the posters for the activist group that's encouraging like home gardening for better nutrition. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> She drops out of school in order to do this full time, partly because she's like, I can't get to school because it's too expensive, partly because she's like, uh, it turns out that lip reading was like emotionally killing me and Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that anymore full time. And partly because in talking to Robbie and also she, she applies for a job, she applies for a job, her mom has lost her job, she applies for her own job, she does loads of different applications. And then when she gets there, they're like, oh no, we can't hire you, you're deaf. And she's like, um, then why did I have to fill in all those forms? And also I'm telling you, like, I could do this aspect of the job and then you could get someone else to do the other aspect of the job and like, it would be fine. And they're like, no, we're not going to set up a new system for you. You're deaf, go away. And Robbie, when she talks to her mom about this, her mom is mm-hmm. like, there's other jobs for you that will hire a deaf person. It's fine. You can have a normal life and career. And she talks to Robbie and Robbie is like, yeah, no, that's yeah. not an uncommon situation. Yeah, like, oh, but it's so people. inconvenient to have That's an employee uh, with a disability. Fuckers. Yeah, and so and so Piper at this point is like, well, what's the point in being oral and having like sounding educated and appearing hearing if it's just causing me harm personally and it's not benefiting me professionally? Kira, this book's kind of anarchist. This book is so anarchist. They basically, they basically like cause a governmental overthrow, like on on a local level so, by the end of this. So, like, first of all, there's a thing, there's an anarchist approach that's called dual power. And this is what like mutual aid and all is part of where it's like, we are all really reliant on corporations and the state for certain resources and certain needs to be met. And so like, in order to not be as dependent on those, a lot of like anarchist activist orgs or just like people with a somewhat anarchist approach will be like, yeah, we're going to set up an alternative way for people to meet those needs. Like, you know, um, educating like people to, to grow their own gardens. Yeah, yeah exactly. But- then you don't need to rely on the big company that's synthesizing all your food. And that already was super anarchist. Tell me about overthrowing the government. <laughs> okay, so they don't do a full overthrow of the government. But so Piper mm-hmm. starts her own communal garden with her neighbors. And 
Mm -hmm. that in itself is like a whole thing and and the government the local government comes along and sticks um stickers all over it being like you have to remove this this is public property you can't have a garden here we're gonna bulldoze it like, oh don't worry i'm part of the public she literally says that (laughs) um don't worry don't worry about it it's fine i'm the public this is my land it's cool um yeah and they have this big rally and they get i don't it happens near the end so i don't want to spoil it but like okay they do protest in order they're like there's a food shortage there's a food shortage and we are growing a garden so that we can like provide for our own food which you cannot provide for us as like corporations cannot provide it for us and the government is like struggling to provide food for us everyone is starving so we're growing our own food and you want to bulldoze it you think that's the best use of like resources right now and they do they they oh spoiler they do win they do win that fight in order to have their own communal gardens and um the local mayor is like okay you know what i guess sorry no the prime minister is like okay i guess you specifically can have your garden and i'm going to legislate that you can have community gardens that's yeah that's really cool i think a thing a lot of people are afraid of about anarchism is they're like what you want to like tear down the state but how will i meet my needs but like people aren't saying we're gonna just tear down the state yeah and people aren't saying we're gonna all tear down the state which is like sort of meeting your needs it's like you know if you don't have a proper crutch and you need a crutch we're not gonna just like take the rotten stick that you're using away because that's fucked up it's like no we're gonna work on like building a better crutch and then look about getting rid of the main crutch and even if we don't get rid of the main crutch you have a better crutch right now and you've got two options and that's better that's better that's better yeah and like piper builds this community within her street of all these neighbors that she's never met before who all come along to help with the garden and who all come along to like support her and because they're new people she's also able to like experiment with her own identity and presents to them as a person who is not oral in any way and can only communicate through Mm -hmm. written language or sign and Mm -hmm. they accommodate that they're like this is how we have to communicate in order to accommodate um accommodate piper and to include her and like they, they start learning sign on their own and she like helps them like practice and stuff but she doesn't teach them she's learning herself she's like thank you um for for like doing this and even there's this little kid called taggart who like is at my absolute sidelight so because they because piper's mom loses her job they Mm -hmm. uh, move out of their very nice larger house and into the garden shed basically Mm um and a family moves in and one of them is a little four-year-old little kid called taggart and he is so cute uh, but he is um non-verbal um, yes. He's about four or five years old and he is nonverbal and he does eventually start signing a little bit himself. And I'm like, you know what? That's a cool kid. We like him. Yeah. Um, he was really good. His parents are lovely, but mostly I just really enjoyed Taggart. He was really sweet and cute. Very good child. Um, it's almost as if like things that help one community of disabled people can also be of help to other communities of disabled people it's fine it's fine not thinking about solidarity and i'm not gonna cry it's fine (laughs) it's a fantastic book it kind of like oh i feel like when i'm describing it some of parts feel a bit like it like asphyxia took every issue and just threw like the kitchen sink in as well um i was really waiting for racism and colonialism to come in a lot more and they didn't appear but at the same time everything that does come in is relevant to what's happening and it's relevant like it's set in the near future but so much of it is relevant to now like they don't have natural fish production like wild fish Mm -hmm. fish production that is a thing that we're struggling with because if we don't stop overfishing we're not going to have natural fish production like all of these things can be seen as like from right now, if we make some changes on a 
large scale, some of the issues that happen in this book probably won't come about, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. But also, like, we're being shit to disabled people right now. So we could could change that just right now. The the (laughs) thing about everything intersecting is that, like, in human lives, everything does intersect. Um, yeah. Like, so that makes sense. I'm kind of disappointed to hear that Indigenous land rights doesn't come into it because this is an Australian book. So any yeah. conversation about land use and land ownership and who gets to who get who benefits from the system and who's limited by the system could really benefit from including aboriginal voices um i'm not actually sure what the correct language is around this but you know like the first peoples of australia um are the are people who should be listened to in this and included um yeah i i really was expecting i was expecting there to be an Aboriginal um, First Nation person at some point to come along and it didn't happen but it's a great book like it's a great book mm-hmm. I wouldn't fault it for it like necessarily I can I can see how it really would have felt a bit like just put every issue that's ever happened in the world in there um, but I also see how it could have my other thing is that I'm like, oh, it could have come up more organically if like one of the people teaching Piper how to garden um, and how to grow food was um, Aboriginal. Um, but then I'm also like, oh, that really sometimes reeks of like mystic black person. Um, yeah, I see that. And so like, I'm kind of okay with it. I'm kind of okay with it. Um so that's kind of where I'm at. I I couldn't I can't really fault the book because I'm sure I like there would have been like criticisms either way. But as a whole, it's fantastic. Highly recommend. I would just say then I that like really recommend the outs- physical copy. I would say then um, that like you know outside of the book, it is, you know, important that indigenous voices be listened to. Uh, and incredibly prioritized when we were talking about uh, climate adaption and climate mitigation because these are the people who have a less toxic relationship with our earth on whole and on average. And particularly when it talks about land rights, it's like, well, who does have rights to the land? And on what basis does anyone have right to the land? And... uh, the other thing that People I who have I an established say, relationship with the land, you know. The other thing that I'll say on that is like, not every book can contain every issue and every representation, yeah. and so that like, this book is fantastic, and it does it ticks yeah. so many boxes for me. Um, there should be more books about deaf people, and then this book doesn't have to like represent every deaf person. Like, there should just be more books about community activism and this book doesn't have to contain every aspect of community activism like it's a i don't know i don't know the word yeah I want no you're right and i think it is really there just like, should be more there just should be more yeah and if there's more of it then we don't need to put as much pressure on the book that does exist to be the best and only activist book ever that does all of the justice because it's not that because it's the story of a deaf teenager who like is living in this situation that the author has created for these reasons and that's it. Aoife, do you have any questions for me about this book? Yeah, uh, highlights, lowlights, weird little sidelights? I think that my highlight is Taggart. He's such a sweet little, little guy. I love him. Another highlight is the... Oh, I think that the highlight of the book is the format of it with all of the art that goes throughout it. Like when when Piper decides to do learns how to do a Mandela garden, she draws a Mandela garden within the book and like has all the explanations for how to do how to like build your own. Um when she's learning sign, she draws like the Aslang um 
alphabet and she also has like various bits of description for different like signs and how they're done and the hand movements and she draws like like tags in little reminders for herself um and like she like there's like little news clippings like stuck in to the Mm -hmm. book because she's like oh i read this and then sticks it in um Marley, when he meets her, writes his name on like a little scrap of paper and she glues that into her notebook and it's really nice and it's cute and it's just like, oh, it's just, I really like the concept of it as like her physical art journal and not just like us reading her story or reading her diary. Like it, it feels a lot more personal. Um, I really enjoy that. that. Cool. I really don't have any negatives about mm-hmm. it. Um like we discussed that there there doesn't appear to be any I'm really sorry like at me if someone read this and they understood someone within the book to be aboriginal but as far as I'm aware they weren't mm-hmm. um and like yeah there's but, limitations to what you can do with one book so it's okay for that to be like a low light yeah. but also not a deal breaker or like a very understandable thing it's not anything yeah. Like, I really enjoyed it. I really don't have any negatives to say about this book. This is just a straight up five star. We'll be recommending it to many, many people. I think it's extremely accessible as a book as well. Just like the language and the concepts. Like, I think it's a really accessible, like, peek into, like, beginning to be an anarchist. Like, cool. It's just because, especially because Piper herself does not start out. Um, revolutionized in any way like she really does like like she is learning with the reader and it doesn't but in a way she does have a lot happening huh or that we're being spoon-fed like a lot goes on she has a a new language her best friend who i didn't talk about her best friend who i didn't talk about um basically shacks up with like a mafia boss and like that's a whole side thing that's happening. This kid um, has a lot happening. Just... <laughs> there's a lot going on. Um, and there's a whole thing about like her friend is like, oh, I've definitely fallen in with a bad crew, but like I can't get out, and like I'm in a semi-abusive relationship, but I can't get out because he has food and everyone is starving. And like she's one of the only characters who doesn't lose weight throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, looks healthier at the end than at the start. And it's just like what you can't there's so much in this she's living through a famine she's eating fish for the first time um for having being a dense book it it was really accessible really easy to read like i absolutely flew through it um it's a fantastic book i absolutely love this it's future girl by asphyxia if i haven't said that a hundred times already um i was trying to figure out where the name came from because it didn't really suit the book for for me until the very end and then like it came in and i was like you know what i like it okay because i was gonna say i can see that being like the working title and the author just got too attached to it like how in out of salem by hal shreve there's a zombie called z and i'm like hal did you just call the zombie z because you were trying to come up with a zombie name and then be like Fuck it. It works. (laughs) Yeah. Be careful with your placeholder names. And also, if you enjoyed this podcast, I'm just I'm just closing up. It's happening. Saws. There's no cool transition. Yeah, no. If you guys enjoy this, you should maybe check out our first ever patron only pod, which is, you know, accessible through our Patreon, where I horrified Kira by telling them about Moose Baby by Meg Rossoff, which is Kira's already like horrifically damaged by How I Live Now by Meg Rossoff, which I've already discussed on the podcast. And now this one is called, let me repeat it for you slowly, Moose Baby. Uh, okay, we're not, we can't get into Moose Baby. No. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear us get into Moose Baby, you'll have to subscribe to us on Patreon, uh, which is at patreon.com forward slash Pod. You were going to say something about Twitter, my friend? Follow us on Twitter at ForeverYAPod. Follow us on Instagram at ForeverYAPodcast. And 
we will love to hear from you all and that we will talk to you again in two weeks when we come back with our August reads. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our existing patrons, Sam and Jamie. And if you want to be a patron and support us and listen to us talk about Moose Baby, yeah, check us out. And if you can't, that's also fine because times are tough. Uh, everyone has a podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Forever and ever.